Hey, welcome to the Everyday Immunity Podcast, a place where we talk about different ways to boost the immune system naturally each and every day. I'm your host, Alicia Rosati of Rosati Nutrition. What is up guys? Welcome back to another episode. I am so excited to be here. Not, maybe not as excited as usual because this is actually my second time recording this episode. I'm a little cheesed about it and a little peeved. Whoa, I I just realized I used Toronto slang and I used it really effortlessly. So if you guys don't know what cheesed means, (laughs) kind of means that you're a little upset. You're a little, a little peeved. Um, but wow, I can't believe that I talk like a Toronto man so easily, off just off the tip of my tongue. Um, yeah, kind of embarrassed about that. But anyways, back to the topic. Um, yeah, this is my second time recording this episode, not super excited about it. Thought my mic and my audio were working well, and then I went to go edit the episode and listen to the playback, and you could barely hear me. It was just scratchy all over and not a fun time. So we're here, we're better, round two happening. Hopefully this episode survives, um, or this take, I should say. (laughs) So the episode, or the topic that we're talking about today is about eggs and how eggs are a superfood. We throw that term around all kinds, like this is a superfood, that's a superfood. I think the original superfood, and I'm using quotations if you can't see, um, but I think the original like superfood was kale it's like, uh, kale, boring. You know what I mean? (laughs) There's so many. And I I think the term of a superfood is kind of lost um, because really everything, most most plant foods have really high benefit and nutritional value, um, but so do some animal foods. And eggs are one great, great example of that. So I really want to talk about eggs. They kind of get a little bit of a bad rep. um, So let's talk about it. So just the basic idea of an egg, this may gross some people out, but an egg is so nutritious because it has all the vital minerals and nutrients and compounds and things to grow a life had that egg been fertilized. So they're super nutritious just based off the jump, which is the same kind of concept as why people say um, like sprouted grains or sprouted um, like the sprouts that you maybe see at the grocery store, like broccoli sprouts, things like that. Those are super nutritious and more so arguably than like a broccoli itself because it's it's just packed with nutrition that is needed to grow that plant. And in this case, grow a life out of the egg. So looking generally speaking, um, I mean, obviously all eggs come in different sizes and things like that. Um, but just very generally speaking, a single large size hard-boiled egg contains roughly 8% of your daily vitamin A, 3% of your vitamin B1, 20% of your vitamin B2, 14% of your vitamin B5, 9% of your vitamin B9, which is also known as folate. Um, And ladies, you know that this is super, super important. I mean, folate is important for everyone, don't get me wrong. Um... If you maybe have listened to my MTHFR uh, episode, you'll know what I'm talking about, but 
such a crucial vitamin. Um, so there's 9% of your daily intake of that, 27% of your daily choline, 23% of your vitamin B12, 5% of vi uh, vitamin D, 28% of your daily selenium, and about 6 grams of your daily protein, which is roughly 13%. Now, how do we even come to these percentages? Because everyone has different, you know, calorie requirements and daily intakes and things like that. This is based off of a rough 2,000 calorie per day diet. That's pretty standard. Um, you know, when you look on the back of a cereal box or a yogurt container, it's usually always based off of a 2,000 calorie uh, daily intake. So it's pretty average. Um, but yeah, they're like just going off of this list, and this wasn't even everything. I kind of just kept it to the ones that had the largest um, percentages in an egg, and because I didn't want to overwhelm, and then the list gets going forever and ever and ever. So I really just picked the largest amounts, and um, there's a lot in here. I mean, there's a ton of vitamins, especially v B vitamins, and the B vitamin complex. You know, all of these individual B vitamins do have their own role and their own um, benefit to the body, but when they work together, the B vitamin complex is such a powerhouse, especially for your energy, for metabolism, for just your, like your cellular function. The B vitamin complex is super important. So it's really awesome that eggs do have a large variety of all these B vitamins and not like just vitamin B2. You know what I mean? So it's a really great broad spectrum of nutrition. And I wanted to dive into just a couple of these um, that I thought were kind of cool to touch on and also really important. So vitamin A, first and foremost, we all know vitamin A is your eyesight vitamin, you know, and eat your carrots or I wrote a blog post a while ago and it was called eat your vision sticks and um, shout out to my boyfriend for that because I don't know the first time like it makes so much sense. But the first time I heard him call a carrot a vision stick, I was like, whoa, you're onto something. <laughs> so now I hardly ever call them carrots. I always call them vision sticks. I just think... I don't know. I think it's funny. So we all know, yeah, carrots are a great source of vitamin A. However, it's unfortunately a little bit more complicated than that. So there's different forms of vitamin A. Um, there's like, for simplicity terms, there is the plant version of vitamin A. And then there is like the animal version of vitamin A, which is more so what our bodies require to for better eyesight and things like that. So when we eat things like carrots or other um, plants, like fruits and veggies, that have vitamin A, our body has to undergo these chemical reactions that change that vitamin A from the plant source into the more usable, quote-unquote, animal source uh, or form, I should say. So all of that goes on. Now, some people, depending on your genetics, um, I've done genetic testing for myself through 23andMe. Um, and if you guys want 10% off of your kit, you can message me and I can give you my little link and you can get 10% off of your 23andMe kit. Um, and I ran it through 23andMe and, you know, I looked at all their metrics and what they look for and things, but it's not the complete picture. 
So I do have another software that I ran my raw data through and that gives you more of an insight into how your body processes things like vitamin A or how your body methylates or how your body like does a bunch of other like processes. And it's way more intricate than what 23andMe looks at and tells you. Um, so for me, I know that my body actually has a hard time converting that vitamin A from the plant source or the plant form into the animal form. So for me, I do need to eat some more animal sources um, just because my genetics, like I don't have those enzymes. They don't work as well to convert the vitamin A. So for me, it makes more sense to eat more uh, animal sources of vitamin A that are already in that form and you know I, I do see it myself like my night vision sucks I try not to drive at night as much as possible it's just it's just not great <laughs> so no matter what I do so um, that's a really big indicator if your body is converting that vitamin A well or if you're maybe quote-unquote low on vitamin A because either you're not getting it in your diet or because you're not converting it well. Check on your night vision and see that function. Um, aside from that, vitamin A is also involved in the production and function of white blood cells, which are important in fighting off infection and things like that. Um, and then the next vitamin that I wanna talk about is actually vitamin B2. So vitamin B2, also known as riboflavin, um, has a really, really, really important role it maintains healthy blood cells and it boosts your energy levels and it also acts as an antioxidant. Now, quick recap, your body makes free radicals just from you know normal cellular processes, but we're also exposed to a ton of free radicals in the environment, toxins, foods, things like that. Um, and we need antioxidants to neutralize those free radicals before those free radicals do damage on our healthy cells. So make sure that you're getting enough antioxidants throughout the day, super, super important. Um, and vitamin B2 does act like one. So it's required in uh, for the production of another antioxidant called glutathione. You guys may have heard of glutathione. I know a lot of people talk about it, um, you know, like on Instagram and things, but for good reason because glutathione is actually coined, I guess, like the king of kings in terms of antioxidants. It is the number one antioxidant that your body uses, which is why a lot of people are depleted in it without realizing, um, you know, so it's really important to either maybe, depending on your glutathione levels and other processes in the body and things, it may be smart to take either a glutathione supplement or to just take the building blocks that your body needs to, uh, for on its own to make that glutathione itself. And one of those building blocks is vitamin B2. Now, glutathione is actually a peptide, meaning it's kind of like a protein chain made from three amino acids. Amino acids are those building blocks that build up proteins and peptides and things. So this is another reason why eggs are such a good source of nutrition because it has one egg is packed with six grams of protein. I know for me, I always have like two eggs at a time. So that's roughly 12, well, because it's like 6.3 grams, depending on the egg size that you use. So like 12 to 13 in and around there um, grams of protein for a serving of two eggs, which is awesome. So back to glutathione. 
It's a peptide made from three amino acids and glutathione is responsible for a lot of things. Um, one, it binds with drugs in your liver to make them more digestible um, and more easily like metabolized so that your body can neutralize it and get rid of it. Uh, it's a cofactor for many important enzymes in your body and it helps your liver detoxify fat, which can take some of the stress off of the gallbladder. Now, gallbladder issues are becoming such a big issue in today's healthcare system. I personally know quite a few people who have had either their gallbladder removed or have had gallstones or, you know, their gallbladder, they're just having issues with their gallbladder. Um, my mom was one of them. So, you know, gallbladder issues are really on the rise. Um, and a lot of that has to do with diet, but a lot of it also, I mean, I guess coined in with diet. It's not just the bad food that you eat, but it's also coming from the side that maybe you're not eating enough of these antioxidants and producing enough glutathione and things like that. So it, it's a bunch to keep in mind. And this is why your diet is so, so, so crucial. Um, other things that glutathione helps with, um, it helps detoxify other toxins in the body and it is involved in cancer cell apoptosis. Now, I want to talk about apoptosis really quick. Um, some of you guys may have heard of this term, but all it means is cell death, essentially. So cancer is when your cells, all of your cells have an expiry date, we'll call it. And, you know, they live, they have their function, and then they're supposed to die. And after they multiply, like they replicate, and then they die. And that is the normal life cycle of a healthy cell. However, cancer cells, they don't have that shut off. They just keep replicating and multiplying and replicating and multiplying. And that's when we get cancer taking over the body and we have tumors and things like that. Because those cells never turn off. So glutathione especially is involved in making sure that those cells do die when they are supposed to die. Um, there was actually a study that I was reading that found that gl this glutathione, it doesn't affect um, regular healthy cells, but it was shown to actually kill off specifically cancer cells. So this is, this is super important, you know, why antioxidants are important in your diet first and foremost, yes, because free radical damage can lead to cancer. Um, but it's also super important because glutathione itself is directly related to cancer cell apoptosis. So just something really interesting to keep in mind. And if you guys do want to read over that study, I will have it linked in the show notes. And, you know, all the studies that I've gotten my research from and things like that, they'll all be linked in the show notes um, on whatever platform you're listening to, whether that's my website, Spotify, uh, iTunes, or Apple Podcast, I guess it's called now. Um, it'll be there for you to read whenever you want to read it, if you want to read it. <laughs> Um, and then the final thing that I want to touch on is glutathione is also um, important in the immune system. Obviously, the immune system in terms of this, you know, keeping cancer in check, but glutathione is also directly has an effect on your T cell function um, and protecting you from environmental toxins. So your T cells are another one of your immune cells that just come in and, you know, protect you from invading pathogens and things. So we want to make sure that our T cells are functioning at 100% all the time. Not in terms of like hypersensitivity or anything, but they're just working efficiently and effectively as they should. Not too much and not too little. 
Okay, so I've rambled a little bit about the benefits of eggs um, in terms of vitamin and, well, I guess their vitamin content. Um, but I also want to talk about maybe some common arguments that we hear against eggs. So the most common one that I hear is cholesterol. And, oh, you know, eggs are so high in cholesterol, you shouldn't eat them, you shouldn't add them to your diet. And I disagree for most people. Now, most people, and I think I was reading um, about 70% of people, their blood cholesterol levels are not affected by dietary cholesterol, specifically coming from eggs. Because keep in mind, there's different kinds of cholesterol. You know, there's the, the crappy kind that you find in like chips and things. Um, but then there's the essentially good kind of cholesterol that you find in eggs. We have different kinds of cholesterol. We have our Again, I'm using air quotes and you guys can't see, but <laughs> I'm using air quotes. We have um, HDL, which is your good cholesterol, and then there's LDL, which is your bad cholesterol. So this study that I was looking through um, actually said that for about 70% of people, the eggs eggs don't affect your, your blood cholesterol whatsoever. However, they found in some people that eating eggs actually increases your good cholesterol levels in your body. It also keeps the ratio the same. So in the, I guess that would be that 30% of people that are affected by eating eggs. Um, it just raises both cholesterol levels. I mean like your ratio, but it's not raising your bad cholesterol to be to throw your ratio out of whack because that's also what you want to focus on. You want to make sure that you're having the right amount of cholesterol free-floating in your blood, but you also want to make sure that it's in the right ratio of HDL to LDL. So a few things to keep in mind there. And just a reminder, a higher HDL to LDL ratio is correlated with lower risk of heart disease, stroke, cardiovascular events. So if you haven't gone to do, I'm a, if you guys follow me on Instagram, I'm a big proponent in precautionary blood work to just, you know, don't wait until you have an episode or something to get blood work done. Do it as a precaution and see where your levels are at before you actually experience anything, um, anything negative. So I really encourage you, you know, if you're if you haven't checked your blood in a while and maybe your diet is not the cleanest or cholesterol levels run in high cholesterol runs in the family or things like that, maybe go to your doctor and say, hey, I just want to check where my levels are at. I haven't done blood work in a really long time and just check and make sure that everything is is good. OK, and now getting to the fun stuff, what eggs like I have the I, people ask me this question all the time and sometimes I even ask myself which eggs should I buy off of the store shelf because if you've ever looked at the store shelf there are different sizes there are different kinds there are brown eggs white eggs free range free run omega-3 cage-free eggs like what is the difference there's a lot of options there and for some people that may be overwhelming but there's a lot of options so let's look into it the one thing that I really want to say is the nutrition of the hen does transfer over into the nutrition value of the egg. So it's really important we have to look at the hen itself. So before we even get the egg. Now for me, I have seen the difference in store-bought eggs and backyard eggs because 
lucky me, um, my boyfriend's parents have a uh, have chickens in their backyard, and when we go up and visit them, you know, they always give us eggs, which is so awesome because they taste they do taste different and they do look different and they even crack differently, and these are all signs of you know good nutrition or I guess different nutrition between these conventional raised. Uh, hens and backyard raised hens. So let's talk about it. If the yolk is darker, more orange, that means it has better better overall nutrition, more carotenoids in its diet, more um, phytonutrients, things like that. So whenever I get eggs from my boyfriend's parents, the yolk is always like a really, really dark yellow or even an orange and the shell is really hard to crack. It's really thick. Now, this, I know what they feed their chickens. They feed their chickens amazing, like, five-star menu. Um, And that translates into the egg. And I just find that the eggs from their chickens taste so much different. Like, you can just, you can really taste the difference. Whereas the eggs that I get from the store have a very pale yellow yolk. The eggshell cracks so easily. It is super thin. And they just taste like almost bland, like an empty kind of taste, if that makes sense. So I don't know if you guys have ever tasted the difference between a store-bought egg and maybe a backyard egg or a farm egg. It's different. I don't know how else to explain it, but it's different. (laughs) So, but you know, not everybody can get eggs from their in-laws or their backyard or a farm. So let's go over the labels that we see in the grocery store. First, the conventional egg, um, which maybe doesn't have any of the fancy markings on it, but these are standard eggs. Usually these chickens are unfortunately not raised in the best of conditions. If you've ever watched a factory farming documentary or YouTube video or whatever, you'll see that these chickens are raised in really crappy conditions. They're cramped in these like warehouse style not even barns. They're never left outside. They hardly get any sunlight. They're usually um, ill or they just don't look healthy because these poor chickens are like on top of each other and they're just there to to produce eggs. Like they don't care about the well-being of these chickens, which is really, really sad. Selfishly speaking, it sucks for us because the eggs aren't as nutritious. They're not as delicious, but ethically speaking, you know, these poor chickens don't have a life at all. They're just, they just suffer while we take the eggs for our nutritional benefit. So not too great. Um, Next, we have our free range eggs. Now these are a little bit better, um, but these, uh, these chickens do not roam freely. They may have a little more space, but they're in, again, like a big barn warehouse type thing. Um, Sometimes conventional raised chickens will be just stuck in a cage and they cannot move anywhere, which is really sad. But sometimes I have seen them like sandwiched together in these warehouse type barn things. Um, And technically free range chickens are also grown that way or raised that way. They don't have a lot of room to free roam. They're fed really crappy um, void food like it's it's just pesticide laden corn and soy and and just crap like no real nutrition no diversity in their diet at all um like i said they don't go outside they're usually malnourished it's just not great so free range sounds good but it's really easy to hide behind what that actually means 
Um, next, I want to talk about organic eggs. Obviously, these just mean that they, the food that they've consumed was not um, sprayed with any pesticides. However, it doesn't tell you what kind of food the hen has been eating and has been raised on. So the chickens may still be malnourished. We don't know. Um, they may still be cramped in warehouses, in barns, and not have a really great quality of life. So that's something to think about. Now we have cage-free, which again is better, but not gold standard. Um, cage-free just means obviously they're not in a cage and they're, they have more room to run around, but they are still in an enclosure. So not often, or I mean, sometimes they don't necessarily go outside. They have a larger space to roam free, but again, they're not outside. Um, we don't know anything about their diet. They're probably fed with corn and soy products that are just sprayed with pesticides. We don't know, right? Just the fact that it's cage-free doesn't necessarily mean it was well taken care of or it was well nourished or that it even got sunlight, which kind of sucks. Uh, sucks big time. <laughs> Now, pasture-raised eggs are probably the best of the best in terms of like ethically speaking um, and even nutritionally speaking. So these chickens are mostly outside. They're completely free roaming, free ranging on grass and bugs and dirt and things. So they're getting a really wide variety of nutrition and in their diet um, because they're not being fed one specific thing. They're outside eating what they want to eat and eating all the plants and all the grass and all the bugs. Like it's, it's great for them. So they're way more nutritious. Um, they obviously live in better conditions, they're getting sunlight, and that sunlight that they get actually does convert into vitamin D, and that does pass along into the egg. So eggs that are pasture-raised um, do have more vitamin D content in them than a conventional uh, raised egg or a free-range egg or a cage-free egg that was raised inside without any sunlight. So that's another thing to keep in mind as well. And then we have our omega-3 eggs. So these hens were fed with um, about 10 to 20% of their diet had flax in it. And that flax turns into polyunsaturated omega-3 fatty acids, which also transfer into the egg yolk. So they have a higher omega-3 content, which is an essential fatty acid that you need. Um, it's really, really good for you for a lot of other reasons. Um, so, you know, the gold standard cream of the crop egg that you can buy from the grocery store or even from a farmer or wherever is a pasture-raised omega-3 egg. You have your extra nutritional benefit, more vitamin D, more omega-3. It's great for you. Um, but then, ethically speaking, the chicken was also raised in better conditions. You know, it gets to go outside, it gets to run free, it gets to feel the grass and, and all of the things. So, those are a few things that are really important when you are facing all of the eggs available to you at the grocery store. Obviously, there are price differences between them, um, but, you know, you can, depends what's more important to you. If you can, you know, justify spending a little bit extra money for a more nutritious and more ethical egg, go for it. And if that's something that you can't do, hey, you can't do it, you know, but I just want everyone to be aware that these are what these different labels mean because I know I was so confused. I was like, aren't free range eggs like really good? But then what's the difference between free range and cage free? And you know, there's just so many options, so many labels out there. So 
thought I would clear that up um, and I thought I would share some insight for you guys as to why eggs are so nutritious, delicious, so versatile. Like I, I love eggs. My boyfriend eats them like every morning for breakfast. I don't know how he doesn't get sick of them, but he doesn't. Um, I go through like ebbs and flows of liking eggs and then hating eggs and then loving eggs again and then being repulsed by eggs again. And then sometimes I'll only eat them scrambled and then I hate them. And then now I'll only eat them like a fried egg and then I hate them again. It's, I don't know why I do that, but I do. There's a few other foods that I do that with. Um, it's kind of weird, but it is what it is. So Anyways, I'm going to stop rambling now. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Let me know where you guys are listening from. Send me a rating um, on my on this show, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening from, you are welcome. You are loved. I'm so thankful that you're here. Leave me any feedback. And if there's a specific topic, well, I couldn't get that word out. If there is a specific topic you guys would like me to touch on in an upcoming episode, please don't hesitate to reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook or anywhere. Um, you guys can get in contact with me at Rosati Nutrition. And yeah, I'm going to stop rambling now. Um, I will talk to you guys in an upcoming episode, wherever you are in the world. I hope you're living in peace. Talk to you guys later. Bye.